What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. A Watcher by the Dead by Emrose Rice 1. In the upper room of unoccupied dwelling in the part of San Francisco known as North Beach lay the body of the man under a sheep. Our was near nine in the evening. The room was dimly light, lighted by a single candle. Although the weather was warm, two windows contrary to custom, which gives the dead plenty of air, were closed and blinds drawn down. Furniture of the room consisted of but three pieces. Armchair, a small reading stand supporting the candle, a long kitchen table supporting the body of the man. All these, as also the corpse, seemed to have been recently brought in. Reserva had been one. Would have been that all were free from dust, whereas everything else in the room was pretty thickly coated with it. There were cobwebs at angles of the walls. <clears throat> Under the sheet, the outlines of the body could be traced, even the features, these belonging these having a natural sharp definition, it seems to belong to faces of the dead, but it's really characteristic of those only have been wasted by disease. The silence of the room, one rightly have inferred that it was not in the front of the house, facing the street. It really faced nothing but a high breast of rock, the rear of the building being set into a hill. A neighbouring clock, church clock was striking nine with an indolence which seemed to imply such indifference to the flight of time that one could hardly help wondering why it took the trouble to strike at all. Single door of the room was open. Men entered, advancing toward the body. As he did so, the boil closed, apparently, of its own violation. There was a grating of a key turned and dipped with difficulty, a snap of a locked door, locked bolt, as it shot into a block, into a pot socket. The sound of retiring footsteps in the passage outside ensued. A man was all to all appearance a prisoner. Fancy and Toby stood a moment looking down at the body, then with slight struggled shoulders walked over to one of the windows and hoisted the blind. Darkness aside was absolute, the panes were covered with dust. But by wiping this away, he could see the window was fortified, with strong iron bars crossing in. It within a few inches of glass embedded in a masonry on each side. His only other window was the same. It manifest no great courtesy in the matter. But did, but did not even so much as raise the sash. For as he was a prisoner, he was apparently a tra- tractable one. Having completed the examination, the room he seated himself in the armchair, took a book from his pocket, drew the stand with the candle alongside, and began to, to read. The man was young, not more than thirty, dark in complexion, smooth-shaven with brown hair. His face was thin and high nose with a broad forehead and firmness of a chin and jaw. They said by those having to denote definition, resolution. 
The eyes were grey and steadfast, not moving set with definite purpose. But now, for the greater part of the time fixed upon his book, the cage drew them and turned them to the body on the table, not apparently from any dismal fascination, which, under such circumstances, would might be supposed as exercise upon such a courageous person, nor the conscious rebellion against the country influence which might dominate a timid one. He looked at it as if his feeling he had come upon something calling him to sense his surroundings. Cadius watched by the dead, was discharging his trust with intelligence and composure. As composure as, as become himself. After reading for perhaps half an hour, he seemed to come to the end of the chapter and quietly led, laid away the book. He rose and, taking the reading stand from the wind floor, carried it to the corner of the room. Near one of the windows, lifted the candle from it, returned to the empty fireplace for which he had been sitting. A moment later, he walked over to the body on the table, lifted the sheet, and turned it back from the head, exposing a mass of dark hair and thin face cloth, beneath which the features showed an even sharper definition than before. Jane had been posing his free hand towards him, between him and the candle. He stood looking at his motionless companion with serious and tranquil regard, satisfaction from it with his inspection. He pulled the sheet over the face again, turned in chair, but put some matches off took some matches off the candle stick, put them inside pocket with his tack coat, and sat down. Then lifted his candle from his socket and looked at it critically, as if calculating how long it would last. Barely two inches long. Another alley would be in darkness. He placed it in the candlestick and blew it out. 2. In the physician's office in Kearney Street, three men sat about a table drinking punch and smoking late in the evening about midnight. Indeed, there had been no lack of punch. Gravest of these three, Dr. Hibbert Bernson, was the host. He was in his room as they sat. He was about 30 years of age. The others were even younger. All were physicians. Superstitious awe with which the living regard the dead, said Heberson, is hereditary and incurable. One needs to be more ashamed of it than of the fact that he inherits, for example, the capacity for mathematics or a tendency to lie. The others laughed, ought a man to be ashamed to lie, said the youngest of the three, in fact a medical student and not yet graduated. My dear Harper, I said nothing about that. The tendency to lie is one thing. Lying, lying is another. But do you think, said the third man, that this is superstitious feeling, this fear of the dead, reasonless as we know it to be, is universal? I myself am not conscious of it. Um, but it is, it is in your system for all that, replied Henderson. It needs only the right conditions. What shape may cause of confederation season? And manifest itself in every, in some very disagreeable way. Oh, look, will open your eyes. Physicians and soldiers, of course, more really free from it than others. Physicians and soldiers, why don't you, you add hangmen and headsmen? Let us have all the assassin classes. No, my dear Mencher. The juries will not let the public executions acquire significant familiarity with death be altogether moved by it. Don't have her. Have been helping yourself to fresh cigar at the sideboard. 
resumed his seat. What would be you consider conditions under which any man and woman born would become supposedly conscious of his share of our common weakness in this regard, he asked, rather reverently. Well, I should say that if a man were looked up all night with a corpse, alone in a dark room, a vacant house, no bed covers to pull over his head, and lived through it without going altogether mad, he might justly boast himself not of a woman born, not yet like McGruff, a product of Cosinian selection. I thought you never w- would finish pulling, putting up conditions in other. I know a man is neither a physician or soldier who has set who has set them all for the, any state you you like to define. Who is he? His name is Jarrett, a stranger here. Comes from my town in New York. I have no money to back him, but he will back himself with lots of it. How do you know that? He would rather eat than bet. As you fear, I dare say he thinks it would be it's some kind cut- of disorder, or possibly particularly kind of religious hearsay. But he, what does he look like? Heberson was only becoming interested. I ain't much here. Might be twin brother. I set the children, said Heberson promptly. Awfully obliged to you for the compliment I've sure dwelled dwelled Dawdled, Merchant, who was growing sleepy. Can't I get into this? Not against me, Henson, Everson said. I don't want your money. All right, said Muncher. I'll be with the co- I'll be the corpse. Ever laugh. out like come this crazy conversation we have seen. Free and distinguishing his meagre allowance. The candle, Mr. Durant's object, was to preserve it against some obscene need. You may not have a fault to or half fault. And the darkness would be no worse a time than another. The situation became insupportable. It'd be better to have a means of relief, uh, or release, release. At any rate, it's wise to have a little reserve of light, even if only be able him to look at his watch. As soon as he blown out the candle, he set it on the floor at his side, which settled itself comfortably in the armchair, leaned back, closed his eyes, hoping expecting to sleep. In this his disappointment, he never in his life felt less sleepy. Few minutes he grew without the attempt. But what could he do? Could not grow groping about in the absolute darkness at risk of bursting himself, risk too bundling against the table, rudely disturbing the dead. Oh, he all recognised their right to lie at rest, immunity from all that is harsh and violent. Dread almost seemed to make himself believe the considerations of this kind restrained him from risking collision and fixed him. To the chair. But thinking this matter, he fancied that he heard a faint sound in the direction of the table. What kind of sound he could hardly have explained? But he did not turn his head. Why should he? In the darkness, but he listened. Why should he not? And listening, he grew giddy and grasped the arms of the chair with support. The strange ringing in his ears. His head seemed bursting. His chest was oppressed by the constriction of his clothing. He wondered why it was so. However, there was a symptom of fear. Then, with a long and strong expiration, his chest appeared to collapse. With a great grasp from which he really filled his extensive lungs, the vertigo left him. He knew him so intently, he listened, that he held his breath almost to suffocation. The revelation was vexatious. He rose, pushed away the chair with his feet, his foot, strode to the centre of the room. But one does not first ride far in the darkness, going to grope but finding the wall 
windows. There another corner came to violent contact with the reading stand. I returned and made a cut and it startled him. He was annoying. How the devil I could have I forgotten where it was. He moment and broke his way along the third wall to the fireplace. I must put things to rights, said he, feeling, feeling the floor of the candle. I recovered that. He lighted it. Instantly turned his eyes to the table, where naturally nothing had undergone any change. Reese then lay unobserved upon the floor. He had forgotten to put it to rights. He looked about all the room, dispersing the darker shadows of by movements, the candle in his hand. Crossing over the door, tested it by turning and pulling the knob of all his strength. He did not yield, it seemed to afford him certain satisfaction. Indeed, he secured it more firmly by bolt, which he had not already, not before, observed. Turning his chair, he looked at his watch. It's half past nine. Start surprise. He held the watch at his ear. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Not stopped. The candle was now visibly shorter. He again extinguished it, placing it on the floor at his side as before. Mr. Net did not was not at ease, so he's deeply dissatisfied. His surroundings with himself for being so. What have I to fear? He thought. It's ridiculous and disgraceful. I will not be a good so good of great a fool. My courage does not come of saying I will be courageous, nor recognise it appropriateness for the occasion. Alaya Drake condemned himself. The more reason gave himself for accommodation. Condemnation. A greater number of variations he played upon the simple theme of harmlessness. I did. My supported grew the discord of emotions. Miss what he cried aloud in anguish of spirit. What shall I have out of the shade of superstition in my nature? I have no belief in mortality. I am who never more clearly than now. The afterlife is a dream of desire. Shall I lose at once my bet, my honour, my self-respect, perhaps my reason? Because certain savage ancestors dwelling in caves and barrels can see the monstrosity of the notion. They walk by night, that drain sleepily mistakenly, the giant heard behind him a soft sound, like soft sound footfalls, deliver a regular successfully nearer. Just before the daybreak, the next morning, Dr. Hemmerson, his young friend Harper, were driving slowly through the streets of North Beach. The doctor's coupe, and we still the confidence of youth and the courage of solidarity. Your friend, said the older man, do you believe that I, that I have lost his wager? I know you have, replied the other, in feebly emphasis. Well, upon my soul, I hope so. He spoke earnestly, almost solemnly. There was a silence for a few moments. Harper, the doctor resumed, looking very serious and shifting half lights that entered the carriage as they passed the street lamps. I don't feel altogether comfortable about this business. If your friend has not irritated me by a contemptuous manner, which he treated any doubt, my doubt of his endurance as pure physical quality, by cold sensitivity of suggestion, cult be that of physician, I should not have gone on with it. 
If anything should happen, we are ruined, and I fear we deserve to be. What could happen, even if the matter should be taken a serious turn, of which I would not, I'm not at all afraid. Imagine it's only to restrap, restrap, himself. Plain matters, a genuine subject for the detective room, or one of all your late patients. It might be difficult. Dodomancia had been as good as his promise. He was the corpse. Dodomancia was silent for a long time. The carriage at Snell Place crept along the strange street that it travelled two or three times already. Presently he spoke. Well, let's hope that Dodomancia is, if he had to rise from the dead, been discreet a mistake which might make matters at worse instead of better. Yes, said Hopper. Jeanette would kill him, but doctor, look at his watch. It's a carriage past the gaslamp. It's nearly four o'clock at last. A moment later, two had quitted the vehicle and were walking briskly towards a long, occupied house belonging to the doctor, which they immured not Mr. Brett, according to the terms of the maid manager. They neared at, at it and they met a man running. Can you tell me quite suddenly, checking speed? Where well, I can find a doctor? What's the matter, Edmondson asked the non-committal. Go and see for yourself, said the man, resuming his running. Ace and Don, by the house, they saw several persons entering haste and excitement. In the same, some of the dwellings nearby, across the way, a chamber windows were thrown up, showing a protrusion of heads. All heads were asking questions, none heeding the questions of the others. A few of the windows were closed, blinds were eliminated. The inmates of these rooms were threatening to come down. Exactly opposite door of the house, they sought the street lamp or drew yellow, insignificant light upon the scene, seeming to say they would, could have closed a good deal more than it, if it wished. However, paused at the door and laid a hand on the arm. So all of us doctor, he said, extreme agitation, which contrasted strangely with his free and easy words. Again, has gone against us. Let's not go in there. I am for lying low. I'm a physician, said Dr. Hibberson. I mean, there must be, they may be needful. They mounted doorsteps, doorsteps, and they weren't back, were about to enter. The door was open. Street lamp opposite lighted, and passage into which he opened was full of men. Some ascended the stairs at the further end, died amid the above, waited for better fortune. All were talking, none listening. Suddenly, on upper landing, there was a great commotion. A man sprung out the door, breaking away from those endeavouring to attain them. There for the massive slight engineers as it came, pushing him aside, frightening him against the wall on one side, or compelling him to cling onto the rail on the other, clutching him by the front, striking him savagely, thrusting him back down the stairs and walking over the fallen. He clothed him in disorder, he bowed the hat, his eyes and wild restless. There's something more terrifying than his apparently superhuman strength, his face, smooth shaven, bloodless, his hair, thrust white. As the crowd at the foot of the stairs, having more freedom, fell away to the par, let him pass Harper. Then for Jeanette, he cried. Dobinson seized Harper on the front cut and dragged him back. The man looked at, into their faces without seeing, without seeming to see them. He was praying for the door, down the steps into the street, away, stout policeman, had an inferior success in conquering his way down the stairway. Fell at a moment later, pulled it started in pursuit. All the heads in the windows, those of women and children now, screaming giants. The stairway being now partly cleared, most of the crowd being having rushed down to the street to observe the flight in pursuit. 
Dr. Robinson mounted the landing, followed by Harper. A door of upper passage of the officer denied him admittance. We have physicians, said the doctor. They passed in. Rumors full of men, dimly seen, crowded about a table. The newcomers edged their way forward and looked over the shoulders of those in the front rank. Upon the table, lower limbs covered with sheep lay a body of a man, brilliantly illuminated by the beam of Mel's eye lantern, held by a policeman standing on their feet. The others, excepting those ahead, the officer himself, all with darkness, the body, face to body, face showed yellow, pulsive, horrible. The eyes were partly open, upturned, and jaw fallen. Traces of froth defiled the lips and cheek, chin, the cheeks. Tall men heavily. A doctor bent over the body, his hand thrust upon his shirt front. He drew it and placed two fingers in the open mouth. This man had been six hours dead, said he. Here's a case for the coroner. He drew a coffee in his pocket, handed it to the officer, and made his way towards the door. Care the room all out all, said the officer sharply. The body disappeared. As if it had been snatched away, its shifting lantern, he flashed it beam of light here and there against the face of the crowd. The effect was amazing. The men, blinded, confused, almost terrified, made tremendous rush at the door, pushing, crowding, and thrumbling over one another as he fled like the hosts of the night before the shafts of Apollo. Upon the struggling, trampling mass, trampling mass, the officer poured out his light without pity, that cessation. Caught in the current Heberson and Harper went out, swept out the room, and cascaded down the stairs into the street. Good God, Doctor, did I not tell you that Jeanette would kill him? Would kill him? said Harper, as soon as they cleared the crowd. I believe you did, replied the other, without apparent emotion. They walked in silence on the silence, block of the block against the green. East of the dwelling of the hill tribes showed in silhouette a familiar milk wagon. We stir. The streets of baker men would come soon again upon the scene. Newspaper carrier was broad and in the land. It strikes me, youngster Tepperson, that you and I have been are having too much of the morning air lately. Tolson, we need a change. Why? What do you say to tour in Europe when? I'm not particular. I should suppose if a four o'clock this afternoon would be enough. I'm eating a boat, says Harbour. Seven years afterwards, these two men sat upon a bench in Madison Square, yielding for any conversation. After another man, been involved in them, sometime himself observed, approached and cursely lifted his hat from the locks of his white as he frost said, I beg your pardon, gentlemen, why, why are you killed a man by living, going into life? It's best to change clothes with him, and he had first opportunity to make a break for liberty. Everson and Harper exchanged several glasses. They were obviously amused. The former and asked the stranger kindly. The eye replied, It's always been my plan. I totally agree with you as you. It's a vet that stopped Sonny, rose and went white. He stared at a man open mouthed. He trembled visibly. Ah, said the stranger. See, you're not disposed, doctor. If you cannot treat yourself, Dr. Harper, can you do something for you? I am sure. Who the devil are you, are you? said Harper bluntly. Stranger come nearer, bending to fall forward. Then said in a whisper, I call myself Jarrett sometimes. But I don't mind telling you for old friendship. I am Dr. William Mencher. Everybody brought Harper at his feet. Mencher, he cried. Everson added, it's true by God. Yes, the stranger won't smile vaguely. It's true, no doubt. Hesitation seemed to be trying to recall something 
and beginning, began humming from popular air. He was apparently forgotten their presence. Lucky Melcher, said the elder of the two. Tell us just what occurred that night to Jarrett, you know. Oh, yes, about Jarrett, said the other. It's odd I should neglect to tell you. I often, I tell you it's often, you see, I pretty knew by overhearing him talking to himself, he was pretty badly frightened. So I couldn't resist the temptation to come to life and have a bit of fun without him. I couldn't really. It's all right. As suddenly, I did not think he would take it so seriously. I did not truly, and afterwards, well, it's a tough job changing places with him. And then, damn you, you didn't get let me out. Nothing could see the ferocity which these last words were delivered. Both men stepped back in alarm. We? Why? Why? Heberson stammered, looking, losing his self-possession. Ali, we had nothing to do with it. Did I say, say you were? Miss Doctor's held bad bone and sharper, replied the man laughing. As my name is Hubberson, yes. And gentlemen, this is Mr. Harper. We phoned, replied the former, very sure by laughter. But you're not physician now. We are beat well hung. It, old men, we are for gamblers. That was truth. Very good profession, very good. Indeed, by the way, I'd hope sharpers had paid over rich money. I got honest when I called them. Oh, very good, an honourable profession, repeat thoughtfully. Moving carefully away, but I stick to the old one. I'm a high supreme medical officer, Birmingham Asylum. I do to cure, to cure the superintendent. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.